Hello everybody, this is the new, newest episode, obviously, of Rumors, Money, and Movies. This is the first time ever I actually won't be hosting. I will be in the hot seat, the guest chair, my brother Robert, who's been on the podcast previously for All the President's Men. When we talked about that episode, or All the President's Box Office Worries, uh, that, that episode is available now if you want to listen to it. But this episode, hosted by my brother, is going to start right now, so please enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome to Rumors, Money, and Movies. Today's a little different, um, different host, same cast. Um, I'm Robert, the brother of James, and I'm going to be hosting today's podcast with um, James as the quote-unquote guest host. Yeah, hi, everybody. This is going to be fun. I hope I'm one of the better guests because it is my show. But Well, it's my show today. Yep, you're the boss. Sorry, sir. So we're going to run things a little differently, but kind of the same. So we're going to start off with uh, the segment James likes to call the Bastone Blurb, but I'm going to just call it um, Bass's Blurb. Um, so the movie that I watched this week, I only watched a couple. Uh, I mean, I watched a couple, but we're only going to talk about one kind of memorable one. So I watched uh, Zombieland Double Tap, came out in 2019, if I'm correct yeah yeah um james you want to talk about who stars in that yeah yeah, kind of yeah. The so it's woody harrelson um emma stone jesse eisenberg zoe deutsch is in it rosario dorson it's a it's a pretty loaded cast uh that's in it and the critics it has a 68 percent on tomatoes i'll take it and from here the- um yeah i thought the movie was okay i didn't really remember the original the first zombie land um the tomato meter gave it a 68 and uh my best my best is a blurb on it would be um incoherent money grab um it didn't really seem like there was a central story in this movie it was really just luke wilson makes an appearance it just seems like very cameo driven and money grabbish do you want to talk more about the synopsis can i read the critics consensus yeah you could read the critics consensus god i almost thought i, was, I thought i was in I thought I was in like a fascist state for a second. A Zombieland double tap makes up for a lack of fresh brains with an enjoyable new union that recaptures the spirit of the original and adds a few fun twists. Also, Robert's in the minority because 88% liked it. So 88% out of 11,000. I, I never said I didn't like it. I you said just, it was an incoherent money grab. Probably didn't, it didn't make that much money anyway. So you're just being it was mean. okay. You're being mean. I'm being mean. Yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Nothing to write home about. I'm not really big into zombie movies. I watched my favorite zombie movies, the Brad Pitt one. World War Z. World War Z. That was a good one. Yeah. That's a good flick. Haven't seen it, so you just... I guess you should... Maybe you should be the one doing the podcast. Is that... Is that so that's it for your best one blurb? That's it for the Bass's blurb today. Oh, Bass's blurb. I'm sorry. Bass's right. blurb. I, yeah. I should interject. My bad. Um, so the classic movie for this week, we uh, we watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we're going to talk about, released in 1966, or um, the, as the Italians call it, Il Buono, Il, what did I say? Il Buono, Il Cattivo, Il Cattivo, El Bruto. El Bruto. I had it right the first time, and then 
I screwed it up. But this movie is directed by Sergio Leone and uh, stars Clint Eastwood as a character called Blondine. He's called a couple different names in this movie, but there's a, is there an actual given character name for him? I don't him? think so. Is, well, he's called Blondie by... Um, and he's can, he's the good. Clint Eastwood, the good, Blondie. Then we have Eli Wallach, who's El Tuco, who plays the ugly. And then we have Lee Van Cleef, whose character's um, Angel Eyes and is the bad. So this movie had a budget of $1.2 and made $25.1 in the United States of America, but probably made more overseas as, as its initial release was in Italy and across Europe. Um, so James, do you have any opening thoughts on the movie? Kind of kickstart the discussion. Well, it's definitely a longer movie. Maybe some accolades of, well, some sort. It doesn't. This wasn't nominated for anything, which is fine. But that's why the Oscars are stupid. Yeah, I thought this movie might have been overlooked for its time because it definitely is considered a quote-unquote classic. I mean, it's a Western classic. It's the epitome of the Western genre. It's basically every, any Western made after this is compared to this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a quintessential Western. Is that a? Do no, you have anything to add? No, I would just say that's a little. My only thing is that it's a little long, for my liking. It is a long, but it's an epic. They don't make movies like like it's kind of like The Irishman. It's it's an absolute I'm epic. S- yeah, well, The Irishman was three and a half hours. People complained about that runtime. This movie ran at what three? Two fifty eight. Two fifty eight. I think. One- 177. Yeah, 177 minutes. Two hours, 57 minutes, something around those lines. Um, but I thought it was phenomenal. And to quote my grandmother there, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, <laughs> so some of the stuff that really makes this movie click is the score by Enino Morricone. And um, everybody knows... The Paisans over here. Everybody knows the uh, classic, the classic, um, bow, now, now. And then there's a couple other great songs. Modelo time. Yeah, the Modelo, the Modelo theme song. But it's kind of like every, anytime you see a desert and maybe what are those, um, I have no idea. The things that go across. I have no idea what that is. I, I have no clue. But anyway, everyone knows. You get what I'm saying? Not really. Yeah, not a roadrunner, but that, that, um, like a cactus thing. The, like a, no. It's like a weed. Like yeah, like the, the weed going across, the wind's a little blowing, there's sand. You immediately, And you see a cowboy hat. That's the tune that comes to your mind. And it's it's really the perfect perfect score for a Western movie, I think. And it really takes the movie above and beyond. Well, everybody who made it's Italian, so what did you expect? Yeah. They, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they make things that last. Um... So again, talking, we'll talk about a um, a little bit of the plot and synopsis. Um, it's been, it's a straightforward story. It's any not really cowboys and Indians, but cowboys um, that they're 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 looking for money. It's all about the money in that time period. It takes place in the Civil War, uh, great time period, and um, that kind of really added an extra element to the story, which I really liked. I didn't know it was to take place in the Civil War. I, I mean, I knew about the movie, but I didn't know. And I didn't know it was in the Civil War, so I was actually a nice surprise mm-hmm. when I realized that I was in the Civil War. So a lot of discussion has been talked about in this movie, because 
Um, Sergio Leone made two other Western movies starring Clint Eastwood. So it's kind of they kind of call this a trilogy between that actor and the director for the Spaghetti Westerns. It's called the Dollars Trilogy. Um, I can't think of the names of those two. I, they have uh, For Every Given Dollar, I think, and something else. But that's yeah. kind of the... F- fistful of a Fistful of Dollars and, and a Few Dollars and More. It stars... And uh, Clint Eastwood kind of plays a similar character. And um, this giving the Civil War people, other fans of this trilogy, have considered this to be almost a prequel to those first two movies. Um, so, yeah, some other thoughts on the movie. Uh, it's a very, very cinema. The cinematography in the movie really, really drives it. There's no real um, important dialogue per se. I guess the dialogue is very straightforward. The writing is very concise. The storytelling is really shown through images and through the actors' faces and um, reactions, wouldn't you say? James wants me to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes score, so I guess we'll jump to that and go back. So the, the tomato meter has it as a 97%, and the audience score is a 97%. Uh, okay. Are we the greatest of the spaghetti westerns? Cool. Obvious epic features a compelling story, memorable performances, breathtaking landscapes, and a haunting score. So everything you just said? Yeah. Like, Similar. Yeah. I mean, I you, could, you're I just could, word for word. You are yeah. the critic right here. I didn't even read that before. That was pretty cool. He's the, he's the see, this man over here. So um, hopping back in. Um, the first words in the movie, as I was talking about, it's not really a word-driven movie. There is a lot, plenty of dialogue, but the dialogues kind of takes a back seat to the shots and the reactions on the characters' faces. So the first word, words of the film, excuse me, aren't heard until... Uh, the 10 minute mark, 10 and a half minute mark. So the scenes are all very drawn out. And that scene from the, the duels, it's very, especially at the end scene, everybody, they're staring at each other for what mm-hmm. feels like 10 minutes, but it's maybe only five because there's no dialogue. The music score is brilliant. And every single movement is just on camera. It's fantastic. Um, there's no real backstory for the characters. Would you say? No. I guess no, maybe a little bit. The for, ugly, yeah, ugly. When he met cool. his brother. For Are we allowed to spoil cool. this movie? I guess yeah, it's, so it's sixty six. If you yeah. haven't seen it yet, just <laughs> it's shame on you. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's no real backstory. We don't really know a lot about these characters. I guess um, Clint Eastwood's character is. Um, I guess he's called he's called the good, but he's not really what he's doing in the beginning of the film. No, can't really be considered good. No, he's he's scamming. He's scamming. He's like a scanning bounty I mean, hunter. For, yeah, exactly. Because he's taking two gold has like a price on his head, and then they, you know, Clint Eastwood, uh, the man with no name, hands him over the police. Blondie, but yeah, take Blondie the money, puts him in, and then they take the money. But then right before he's gonna get hanged, Blondie shoots the, uh, the rope, and then two go or the bat ugly. Runs away on the horse, so like they just mm-hmm. go from town to town, and then as and then the price get, goes yeah. up as as he keeps on uh, getting released or es- escaping. But then Clint Eastwood, but then turns on yeah, Tuco then and that's the plot. Really, mm-hmm. that's the plot for the first what four hour and a half of the movie. Yeah, no, yeah, and then because then the, the, yeah, I actually had an interesting thought on this movie. Kind of just popped into my mind. This this film, this picture, this film 
it almost feels like not like a sitcom, but it feels like it could be a TV show as each, each 30 minute segment yeah, focuses no, sure. on a specific event or story. It's not, it is, it is a full story once you get to the end, once we get there. Right. right but right. getting there, it's remember the civil war scene. Yes, that felt yeah, like yeah, its yeah, own yeah, little, yeah. and then both, both of them walking through the mm-hmm. desert, the, the, the good, uh, Clint Eastwood's character and El Tuco, Blondie and Tuco kind of swap off with um, putting each other through the desert and not giving each other water. Like one of them's on the horse. It starts off with Blondie on a horse um, taking El Tuco through the desert, really sunburning him, not giving him any water. And then the tables turn and that's like about an hour of the movie. Yeah. That's just like that. That's could be two episodes. It feels very um situationally driven mm-hmm. not really plot driven no yeah the director sure. throws us in a situation and it's beautifully done do you have any thoughts on that no i agree with you uh a lot i just i do like the narrative because obviously that there's three main characters but you know two of them are linked from the beginning but only mm. one of them like one of them's in the story but you don't really know why it's in the story and, mm. and that's the bad the bad, you know, the person. Like we bad. didn't, we didn't understand. Um, talking about the bads first storyline with uh, Bill Carson, we didn't really know. That was kind of the a little bit more of the confusing part of the movie. Not really confusing, but we were kind of we didn't know why he was yeah. really searching Bill in the Carson dark. down. We were in the dark. Yeah, yeah, we were in the dark of like, what does this Bill Carson character have? What information does he have? And that's kind of that's the turning point of the movie. That's where the second half of the movie really starts for me. When um, the good, when Clint Eastwood, I keep on getting confused on what to call him. There's, I don't Blondie, know. Matter, Bl- when yeah. Blondie and El Tuco find Bill Carson, and they get the information that the uh, that uh, Angel Eyes is looking for, the bad, and that kind of kickstarts their little triangle of uh, yeah plot pursuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything? Any anything you want to add? You could drive the conversation here for a little bit. Uh, no, I just, I like the, again, I gotta say it again, I like the narrative and also like how they <clears throat> use Bill, Ben Carson, Bill Carson, or I don't know, Bill. as it's Bill, uh, sorry, Ben, shout out to Ben Carson though, if he's listening, uh, but for Bill Carson, I just thought it was interesting because obviously, you know, the way they set it up is obviously, you know, we, like Robert said, we have bad character, Angel Eyes is looking for him, but then when he's, de- they find him in the desert, when two he's called the bad, but is he really even that bad? Yeah. 100%. I guess he beat that he, woman yeah, he up. He beats people up. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like abuse of power. He's a corrupt official. Mm. But, and then like, but Bill Carson, <clears throat> Tuco's trying to get the information at Bill Carson, but then Bill, but then Bilani, because then, you know, Tuco leaves to get him water. Then Bill Carson tells Bilani the information. So now it's like, Tuco knows where the yeah. cemetery is. Blondie exactly. Knows that's, that's what I was trying to get to. Uh, yeah. Blondie knows the name on the, the cemetery and, as the actual, actual name of the cemetery. So it's kind of like everybody's withholding a little bit of information from each other. Because if you were to spill that information, these are bad people and they all have pistols, you're going to get a shot. You have no leverage. There's no leverage. No exactly. No leverage. But you teach this to kids trying to learn how to negotiate. Yes. It's great negotiation. And Blondie really holds all the cards. Especially at the end, I really liked... Um, the cl- the the classic Mexican standoff. Everybody knows the uh, the uh, office office gif or gif. 
when everybody um they're all pointing guns at each other in a little triangle that's the end scene and that end scene the whole ending of the film really feels really feels like a coherent and concise ending i mean i really enjoyed the ending probably my favorite yeah well, you know like it's actually called mexican standoff but what's mexican about it it's a standoff i mean i say the same thing i'm just saying think about it I, I don't know. Standoff? I don't know the origins of the name Mexican standoff. I think it's because, you know, El Tuco. I don't know. But shout out to uh, Mexico. Hopefully we get some listeners in Mexico for this episode. Mm-hmm. People are saying New Mexico? Hey, new markets. But, trying to expand. Um, Yeah, going back to that end scene where they're just... I know I talked about this briefly before, but the focusing on their faces um, really captures the moment because any slight movement is it's it's shown so um there's a scene i don't know if james remembers this but um angel eyes is inching his hand closer and closer to his gun and then blondie kind of just gives him a quick glance so the shots on on angel eyes hand and then we shoot to blondie looking at angel eyes and then he slowly moves his hand back away from his gun and i just thought that was really like in today's movies, that scene could have been two minutes, but um, with this kind of filmmaking that's kind of going extinct, this was a the ending was really drawn out, and that's just something that you can't do anymore in films. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it was the climax of the movie. It was two hours and fifty-seven minutes, so it was taking its time for sure. I don't know. I mean, Jameson liked the I I thought it I. The way I looked at the movie was you could definitely have an intermission in there. As I said, it's kind of situational. Like um, you can almost watch it like a TV show if you want to. You could find the stopping points where the scenes cut. You could definitely split this into a two-nighter. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, I don't really like movie, watching movies like that. So I don't really, you know, I to me, I don't. I wouldn't. Like, to me, I think you should watch a movie in full. If you can't watch a movie in full, that means it's probably not a good movie. Unless it's, like, you know, six hours. Like five. I mean, there's only, like, a couple movies like that that are really, really, really long, right? Once you get there, you only have, like, five movies, ten movies ever that are five hours in length. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, Lord of the Rings, I mean, people don't watch those in multiple cities because they're good. They're, they're, you have to earn your runtime. Just because you're long isn't... If you, you don't think this movie earned its runtime? No. It should have been 20 minutes shorter, for sure. If it was 20 minutes shorter, it would have been perfect. But I don't need... But- they didn't I disagree need, with you. They didn't need uh, the whole thing with like Tuco going to the kitchen to get like his like friends that died three minutes later. They didn't need that whole like scene. But that's why didn't they need that? Because Tuco Tuco was just doesn't he was walking the through the desert. It doesn't benefit the plot at all. But just that's what it, that's the whole point minutes, of the movie. It's not a plot driven movie. It's a shit situational. It's it's it's. It's a situational-based movie where the characters act like they're in real-world situations. If if I if a man made me walk through the desert seventy miles, didn't give me water, no, I'm sunburned. That, I would st- I would go get my posse of friends and go try to shoot the man in the head. Yeah, but then they, he already got him. He got him like three seconds later anyway. Like like you didn't need that sec. You didn't even repeat the same storyline twice. Just do it once. Cut your runtime by fifteen minutes. You have to earn your runtime. You're not entitled. This movie didn't earn entitled its run to your runtime because you're long. If your if your movie isn't good, if your movie's boring or not engaging to the audience, I just think today's today's society has its 
is is used to its um what do you say? It's quick entertainment. Not and this quick entertainment's entertainment. earned. This it's is not earned, earned though. If you're it boring, is earned. you gotta earn your it's you gotta not earn your boring, minutes. Though. You gotta earn your it's minutes. It's not boring. You gotta earn just because I, I said this I said this on the podcast about you know stealing from people. Just because you're good doesn't mean you're entitled to anything. If you're not, in, if your movie's not engaging, you'll be talking about. You could be literally saying you, you could be curious. Just like cancer. if you have a passion, you're not entitled to your passion. Your dreams. Uh, can anybody? La La Land over here. Yeah, we can't listen to. <laughs> He's just, he doesn't want people to be entitled to anything. Because you're not entitled to your runtime. You got to earn your runtime. Every single minute you're on what's, the clock. What's with entitlement? Every single minute you're on the clock as an audience for your audience. Now, granted, many a lot of people aren't the most aren't the most. I don't know how to say this properly, but blank when it comes to movies, fill in the word yourself, and they just want to see Fast and Furious or something like that, which is not bad. Actually, didn't you like Hobbs and Shaw? You thought that was a very stupid entertainment. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not gonna say like I mean, but I also watch, you know, like. Do you think it's better than this movie? No, there's a difference. But you also have to earn your runtime. You gotta earn just because you're a good movie. Just you have. Good ideas, and you gotta make your audience be engaged in some form or some manner, right? Chinatown earns its runtime, and it's great, right? But then you get these other movies, like Taxi Driver, is an okay example of earning its runtime. But you know, this movie, for example, shouldn't have been two hours and fifty-eight minutes. You know, I, it's an it's called an epic for a reason. It's an you don't epic get a, movie. Okay, then um, what are you filming? You it's very it? it's very drawn out. And that I think that's purposeful. I think it adds to the purpose, and I think you're you're missing that. No, it's not. Look the at reactions the and the faces. Look at so Lord of the for, Rings. So, for example, um, Lord of the Rings is three hours. For is example, talking talking about the um, advancing the plot and the story without using dialogue. Uh, one of the great parts of the movie James was referring to was what El Tuco was trying to find Blondie, and he's going through each campsite. There's there's probably not a word. This is probably, quote-unquote, um, not earning the runtime. It's a drawn-out sequence. I didn't say it that. Pro- El Tuco, we, we follow El Tuco through four or five campsites, and he, each one he's looking for the classic cigar that Blondie has a cigar on him every scene of the movie, which is kind of tight. And um, he's looking for that the cigars in the... In the um, in the fire pits and he finally finds one that has a little smoke on it. He can get a little through uh, puffs on it. So he knows he's close and there's no words. He doesn't go like, aha, I found him. It's you see it in his eyes. You see it. And the camera focuses on his faces. And that's also going back to the beginning of this focus on faces in the movie. Um, each time uh, um, there's a, ha- uh, a hanging in the movie in the beginning, there's a lot of, um, yeah, lynchings, hanging, but not, not lynchings, lynchings execution, ex- executions. Each time it goes through each character's face, we don't even know these audiences, the, the, the people in the audience watching this hanging, they focus on the faces and each reaction. You have the, the old woman going, <gasps> and everybody, the, the focus is on their reactions. So I think it's, it's taking in the, the whole environment of the place, not just a few select characters it's taken in the whole environment of the place. And that's where I think it really earns its runtime and it's very earned. I didn't say that's a bad scene. I'm not saying you can't have slow parts in a movie, but they have to always be going somewhere. I just thought to me, they could have cut out five, 10 minutes of editing. needed a little bit more editing process, cut out five, 10 minutes, make it a little bit less. 
and then you have a really good movie, a really good concise two hour and twenty not two hour and thirty five minute movie mm-hmm. that's short that's shorter but to the point at all times. This not, movie went a little bit past your bedtime. That's why. No, I thought Taste of Cherry. Taste of Cherry was an hour and a half, and I thought it was too long. Yeah. It was boring. Like, what movie? Taste of Cherry. You probably like it. You want to like I you know Doctor Strange Love was an hour and a half. And I wanted to kill myself. I mean, I didn't want it. I shouldn't have said that. I, I wanted to leave the room. Put it that way. You didn't like I, that movie? No, not at all. It's a very psychedelic movie. You should have been Doctor Strange Love. Isn't psychedelicish? No, that's that's like. Clockwork Orange. I mean, oh, Kubrick's yeah. always on drugs. Oh, I thought Clockwork Orange and yeah, I get those two confused. But also, I, I is there s- similar actors in that movie? I don't know. Clockwork Orange is that's that's the one about the psychos. Yeah, I want to watch okay. that. Though. I mean, man, I'm gonna watch it once to see how bad Stanley Kubrick is. But why? Do you, what's the hate with Stanley Kubrick? He's not good. He's one of He's the best good. filmmakers. Of yeah, all time. I could see I'm making hot I trash. I could actually see trash. very. I wanted to be on the. Uh, 2001 show because I thought you guys did an atrocious job talking about that fantastic it's iconic sh- garbage movie. movie. But I could actually see I could see why you I know you like this movie, but I could see why you don't like it because you don't like Stanley Kubrick. I could see a lot of simul- similarities between Sergio Leone and Stanley Kubrick. No, Stanley Kubrick thinks he's good, that's, and but he's not. <laughs> he you just confused. How do you have any credibility? He convinced he convinced everyone that he's good when he's actually not good at all. His best movie, at least from what I've seen, granted I've only seen three of them, but his best movie that I've seen was by far Spartacus. Which, out of all his wait, have you seen? Have you seen um, The Shining? No. That's Stanley Cooper. I know. But out of all his filmography, this one movie that's a classic Hollywood movie, Spartacus, and by far his best, because he had Kirk Douglas basically telling him to chill. You look at his filmography, it's always like crazy, you know. So he was A24 before A24. No, he was wasn't. It's not even good. It's, it's, he's it's, convinced people that it's garbage. He's convinced people garbage that does nothing. I don't, really don't think No you dialogue. Yes. No engagement of the audience. He doesn't engage you at all. But then he's like, everyone's like, oh, he doesn't do anything for your audience. He doesn't engage. He doesn't throw you in. He's, he's a bore. He makes boring films through and through. And he makes he makes sells them as events. I think it's James not an is event. getting. It's not an event, relax. Stanley. I think James is getting confused with um, boring and thought provoking. Not thought. Oh my god. I think there's there's nope. a fine line between nope. those two, and I think. I think you're just missing the bigger picture nope. of those films. No, nope. movies now have become, and I said this last week. I'm not done talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I know. Can we get back on track? Fine. You know, if you want to know my thoughts about this, listen to the last episode or two episodes ago. One of those. You could have a. You should have a Stanley Kubrick uh, marathon um, podcast. I gave him another chance with Doctor Strange Love, and he just let me down. So I think you would like that. Fool me once, shame on. You, what was what was Space you, Odyssey's tomato score? Like a 91. 91. But the 9% that hate didn't like it, but like it's trash. Mm-hmm. We're all settled now? Yep. Everything's Sorry settled. about that, guys. I just... We, we kind of we went I off love, the rails over there on Stanley Kubrick. Rest in Kubrick. peace, Stanley Kubrick. Yes. I'm not trying to defame We're now... Here. We're throwing enough shade at a dead man. Well, but, he, um... Bohemian Rhapsody had no problem doing that. <laughs> How does it feel that Bohemian Rhapsody got nominated for more Oscars in this movie? Like... Um, again, this was an Italian-based movie, Spaghetti Western. I don't think yeah. the Oscars... I don't, think, I don't think the Oscars were taking in 
uh, the world world movies as much back then. Well, also, it was a spaghetti western. It was By a spaghetti that time, western. They movie. were kind of done. They, they were kind of. Course. That's kind of why this movie. I don't know if it really had a second life after its release because it did do pretty well at the box office yeah, when it well, came out. This was like the end of like the, the golden Western, age of Hollywood. Yeah. Roman classics, right? These are epic movies that Robert is talking about, like ran their course. And then obviously Hollywood changed with like Jaws and like, you know, mm. this was the end. It ran its course already. Same thing happened. I could see Robert. similarities between this movie and Jaws. I don't know. In terms of the score, in terms dun, dun, of... Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun iconic scores really driving home the movie and um being the quintessential movies for their genres we do draws, eh? yeah we should do draws i don't know wait oh you can do draws yeah. but whenever you make a shark movie it's compared to draws when you make a western it's compared to this movie well i mean what what what, what movie is good what's a, like another movie that's draws like it's good like what like shark a disaster movies? movie yeah like there's shark needles garbage like, there is there's but there what's that one that came out Couple years ago, Meg. Uh, Meg. That's that's like another. That's Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah Jason Statham's in it. All that good stuff. I mean, a lot of money. Um, getting back on track with the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We were talk about. Some Actually, things. can I say one thing about drugs? Sure. Predator is kind of like that. Yeah, Predator. Sure. Like, that was a good movie. Those were good movies. Also, you know what I found out about Predator? I'm sorry. Last thing about this. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in Predator. I never knew that. I didn't either. I I don't. Crazy. I haven't seen those movies in a while. Um, but yeah, let's we're talking about the themes for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, some of the themes that I kind of noticed throughout the film was this 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 theme of loneliness, I guess. Every, all the characters, the three main characters are all solo writers in a sense. And they're all kind of going throughout this journey alone until their their stories interconnect. Even seen through uh, El Tuco, um, there's a scene where he's the again going back to his backstory. He's the only character that really has somewhat mm-hmm. of a backstory. Sure. We we cut to a scene. His brother is actually a priest. Yeah. Now and they're talking in the church. Did you notice that the priest, um, his native tongue's Italian? Did you notice the dubbing on that? No. Sorry. I guess he wasn't uh, watching. Uh... What I, well, the only thing I liked about that was actual characterization. Something mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick doesn't do. But, Again, uh, so, yeah, it that backstory shows he his brother went, they both went different paths. One of them's a bandit, one of them's a priest. And the his brother informs mm-hmm. him that his mother or father just died recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he the was father died. the father died, and yeah. he asked for his son to be there. And El Tuco was off being abandoned. Mm, they fought a little bit. They fought a little bit. Yeah, he punched a priest. He's going to hell. But then his bro- the priest apologized. Yeah, they both apologized to each other. Not really. But, El Tuco didn't apologize. But again, with this theme of loneliness, like um, El Blondie's. It's not El Blondie. I'm just El Blondie. Blondie is alone throughout the most of the movie, and. Him and all two. He doesn't even have a name. Nobody, nobody really knows his real name. But again, we haven't seen the first two. I didn't know it was part of a trilogy. I, yeah, but the more. thing about that trilogy is, people come back from like, I don't know if it's actually people just theori- theorize because Clint Eastwood's in all three and Sergio Leone's the director. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's actually a a, oh, like one of those, a like, trilogy, but know. it's it might be in the same right, quote unquote universe. 
Yeah, there's others that are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this and um, what brings these characters together is obviously the money, but what they're going to do with it at the end. At the end of the film, when um, Blondie and El Tuco end up beating Angel Eyes, and they're the ones left with this um, this treasure, they go their separate ways. They were just together for this one this one mission, and then they're off. Well, Blondie tries to kill them. That's I mean. No, was- I thought I thought that was his plan all along. So the the um. The ending of the film, the very ending, past the uh, the Mexican standoff, they both shoot Angel Eyes, the bad, and then um, going back to uh, kind of a nod to the beginning of the film, El, uh, Blondie puts El Tuco on a noose and hangs him, mm-hmm. and um, El Tuco's kind of wobbling, and about two hundred yards away, Blondie shoots the rope. And kind of sets him three. Did you think he was going to die there, El Tuco? He could have. I thought he was going to. I was kind of surprised. What do you think that? What do you think the meaning behind that was? Tying him up in the noose to show that he won. Blondie to patrol. For Blondie to show that he won. Yeah, exactly. Also, added a little bit more. You know, intrigue. Yeah, it kind of rounded the film off. Yeah. Right. But. But he survived. They all survived. Well, no. Angel Eyes died. Yeah, no. Angel Eyes died. But yeah, this theme of loneliness kind of goes throughout the whole film. I guess even even with the uh, oh, the Civil War aspect of the film, it shows the uh, the this one the one scene with well, El Blondie and Tuco. They're trying to blow up the bridge. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. That that, was that little segment. But the captain of that that um. Not crusade, but that unit. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. He's all—he's basically alone, even though he's got all these men's men yeah. around him. But he—he he feels bad that he's just sending them off over the bridge to die each day. So it's kind of um, there's also a lot of scenes throughout the Civil War. I mean, the two of them, Blondie and El Tuco, are in um, a prisoner camp, a Southerner prisoner camp. Yeah. They're in um, an infirmary mm-hmm. where people are have blown off arms and all the soldiers are alone. Mm-hmm. Bad this Eyes camp- went to a went to like a camp. That Angel got Eyes, slaughtered. that's what I meant to say. Got went to a camp that like Confederates slaughtered all the people that lived there. Mm-hmm. And whenever, whenever they showed this stuff, the score got more serious. Mm-hmm. So it's actually smart. They were trying to show like world. It was actually a nice way to it, give I movie more meaning. Even though it's not a war movie, it did a good job. Capturing the Civil War. Yeah, it was a hundred years after. Yeah, well, it was only a hundred years after. That's something that's pretty crazy to think about. Well, only hundred years isn't a short time. But still, that's not that long. Yeah, you're right. It's not. I mean, comparatively, they could still. They still had. It was still quote unquote fresh. I guess. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I did a. All the Civil War aspects of the film were really good. I liked it. Yeah, they, yeah, it was just a nice, nice a- additive angle to make the movie actually more interesting. Mm. Added some free narrative, some free action, mm. and whatnot. So it was a nice little choice to make it longer. Uh, I just want to touch on the outfits on this movie too. All the characters, costume design, the costume designs. Um, 
they were all fantastic. Um, Blondie's kind of, he has that iconic look at the end of the film with his poncho and his hat, which I thought was tremendous, and his cigar. Altuco always had a, I didn't, the little necklace thing. He always wore a little necklace, which was sure. cool. The chain, maybe? And um, the Civil War costumes were really well done as well. Um, it was a nice, I don't think costume design uh, was gets enough credit in films. Well, now honest. no one really cares about it, which is a problem because it's just like for the past like 20 years, every single movie to win for costume design has either been like a classic, like a, like a, like classic. a classical movie, back exactly, then. or like a, like a futuristic, mm-hmm. like you know, like sci fi. It's mm-hmm. like nowadays, like current movies, they don't care. It's so like it's not really a part of like. But it is important. People, you know, it is important. Establishes color, palette, things like that. And when it doesn't aura, work, the aura exactly. of a character. Exactly. A lot could be said about what a, what a person wears. Um, any closing thoughts on the movie? I think we kind of I lo- came full I love, circle. I would say it's a classic, one hundred percent. Even though it has less Oscar nominations than Suicide Squad, it's definitely a classic. Uh, you know, I you know, Oscars or whatever don't, don't really mean a the lot. The fact that this movie didn't win an Oscar for its score is criminal. It doesn't matter. I, mean, I, well, I really. We should find out what movie won uh, some, score. I don't. I actually saw which. Year. I looked it up. I forgot. Now nah, I was like looking at who won and whatnot. But uh, you know, I liked it. It was a good movie. I mean, definitely thought it was a cl- one hundred percent classic. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of spaghetti westerns, so I can't be like, oh, it's like the best one I've ever seen, whatnot. But I liked it a lot. It's it was a long movie, but I mean, Clint Eastwood's in it. Obviously, Hollywood legend. So the other two actors. Eli Wallach is a good actor, yeah, and sure. Van Fleet. They were both great actors for their for their time. For sure. No, I just I think it's 110 percent a classic, um, and I I liked it more than a lot of the other movies that I've seen. You know, it wasn't my favorite movie, but I mean, out of the movies that I've seen, part of this series that we've been doing, you know, with like Taxi Driver and what All the President's Men, which you were on that episode. Yeah, I uh, thought it was way better than that movie. I don't know. I, I thought I honestly thought all the president's men was way more boring than this movie. Because people like different things. I like it. We have different styles. I like okay. president's men. It's like a different type of. You like you like you like Stanley Kubrick. That's your type of Hollywood, and I like. Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> okay, so uh, that kind of closes the book on the good, the bad, and the ugly. I would give it um, nine point two uh, coffee mugs out of ten. I don't know. I don't. I don't usually rate movies like that, but I definitely think it's a good, definitely highly recommended if you have time. Uh, you have the stomach. I mean, obviously you could press pause. No one's gonna kill you for it. But I'm saying I think a good way to break this movie up if you don't have three hours to uh, throw away. I mean, it is quarantine. away. Three hours to uh, sit down and watch a movie. I would break it up into two segments. I don't think that's a bad way of watching yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, you should write a. Like a piece on that. Okay, so now moving on to movie news. Um, James thought I should do this in the beginning. I thought it was best to save it for the end. I was just burning to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's a different way to change up the podcast because obviously we have different types of different Mm -hmm. to change up the the, the order. The breaking news this week: um, Henry Cavill comes back as Superman. James, you have anything to? I know you're big in the DCEU. Henry Cavill coming back. Yeah, this is big news. news. They were talking sure. about Michael B. Jordan so being Superman, right? That he's back. I'm so glad that he's back because I liked him as Superman. He wasn't the greatest, you know, 
I mean, he had a tough. He is Superman. You know, no, he's because I like it for two reasons. Number one, he's a bigger star than he was before. Obviously, when he got it, I mean now because he was what in Mission. He's in Mission Impossible, Man from Uncle. That was Man from Uncle was released the same year as Man of Steel. I thought. Yeah, I'm not, close. yeah something like that. But definitely, he's a bigger star now. He's also in The Witcher. I should have said that too. Yeah, Witcher. That that I didn't, but I haven't seen that. But uh, you know, very popular. It was popular. So very popular. Anyway, he's a big big star. He's a bigger star now, and they say he's gonna they're gonna use him. So they, what, what were the movies? Is he gonna right. get another solo? No. Yeah. So what's happening is he was so he. Superman appeared, the character appeared in Shazam, but he had no face. So, but now he's going to, he's going to be like the Hulk of the DCEU. So he's going to appear in Aquaman 2, so, that's like the idea, Shazam 2, which I think is really, really smart because. I want another solo Superman because no, I thought sure. the Man of Steel was sure. one of the, it was a good way to kickstart the DCEU. No, definitely. It was a good movie, but uh, the reason why I think it's a good idea is because General opinion is, oh my God, Superman's garbage. You know, you screw DC, whatever. But if you bring him back in like not cameo roles, but in supporting roles, you'll 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 naturally bring back the goodwill of the character. Yeah, because he can hang out with Shazam. But he can hang you out don't with think you don't think if Superman comes in in that quote unquote Hulk character role, why doesn't just Superman's most powerful superhero of all time, Superman could just take care of it. Well, because like he's sort of in a Justice fight. League. He's not gonna fight. Uh, he's not gonna. He's not. It's probably not gonna be. He's probably just gonna show up and talk and do things like that. Which also, he should be portrayed. He's gonna like fight. That. He's gonna fight. Well, he. No, uh, Iron Man didn't fight really in uh, Homecoming and things like that. I mean, you don't have. You just um, you show up. Yeah. You don't have to fight. Yeah. You can just talk. Which, by the way, just to make a quick point about this, Superman should be portrayed one hundred percent the way he was portrayed in. Uh, Justice League because the reason why he needs the Justice League because he's so powerful and needs to be I mean that's how he how was he kept... portrayed in Justice League compared to Batman v Superman for example well the way they portray his powers is he's he's unbeatable but if you have Kryptonite then you can beat him which is the exact way the character should be portrayed can mm. contrary to like Captain Marvel but it wasn't his emotions kind of subdued when they brought him back uh, no well he kind of was met. They kind of did stuff. They kind of murked it up because obviously they had to fire his action on the fly. Because Snyder Cut, we talked about that last week. But no, I mean, you know, he's portrayed the way he should be. Like any powerful, if you're going to be a powerful character like Superman, you have to have Kryptonite. You know, so he has that, you know. For example, like Captain Marvel doesn't have that, so it's stupid. Why is she so powerful? She has no Kryptonite. Because then you just have characters that are unchecked in their power. They can't compete. But if you have Kryptonite, then you can. That's the whole point of Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor has no... I mean, I don't need to explain comics to you. The symbolism's yeah. pretty straightforward. I'm excited for the Batman. It's definitely good. I like it. How do oh. we think... Yeah, for sure. Batman's going to be good. How do we 100%. think Robert Pattinson and... Flashpoint. And uh, Henry Cavill's Superman are going to get along? Are they going to fight? No, no, no. Because going to be Flashpoint. They'll probably have... They have so much... They Again, they ace up the whole... I thought about this in other episodes, but just to sort of say it again, through the 32nd. Flashpoint is a, is a storyline in the comics where Flash goes back in time to try to change history. And by accident... It's going to be similar to what X-Men did. The X-Men. Exactly. Exactly. But the whole timeline's convoluted. I actually I actually watched um, Wolverine, the 2009 one. Wolverine yeah. Origin with yeah. that shitty Deadpool. Yeah, don't. Man, what an awful movie. Yeah, but they made up for it with Logan. So it was, yeah, Logan it was, was fantastic. Was but that movie, wow. Awful. 
<laughs> and I was not. I was. Hey, Ryan Reynolds, though, eventually got his due. So yeah. Good for him. What else is going on in the news? Well, uh, I hope all the movies. Did, did, you, did you ever talk about this? Tom Cruise is trying to shoot a movie in space? Like actual space? No, I didn't know about that. You just told me that. I mean, that's. That's going to be wild. if he tries to do that. First off, like, the budget would be, like, stupid. Yeah, I think they're going to get NASA involved. SpaceX. Well, why would you even shoot them? Like, what's the point of shooting a movie in space? Like, what could you possibly do? <laughs> what's the point of not doing you're it? You're not going to do space, stuff, though. Like, you, if you mess up, you die. Like, you're dead. Like, you're not, you know, what do you, you, you can't do anything. Like, you know, like, NASA, they already have that type of stuff. I don't know. Ooh. Aquafina's in the news. I, speaking of Aquafina, I actually watched uh, Crazy Rich Asians too. Yeah, decent no. movie, decent movie, not oh, bad. Yeah, very good, yeah, definitely a nice movie. Decent, bad, wasn't bad. No, I, I definitely think that it's. Uh, I liked it, so you know, we'll see what happens. This is definitely, you know, obviously with no movie theaters out, one of our, one of our, one of our parts of the movie. Of the show, I've been greatly hindered because obviously there's no box office, rumors, money, and movies. But, uh, you know, hopefully, also Tenet trailer came out. I have to say, I think that movie's going to be very good. Christopher Nolan directing. I told you, know, I don't know if you saw that trailer. You like him? Christopher Nolan? Oh, yeah. 100%. You like Dunkirk? Yes. Just asking. Christopher Nolan's great. He's oh, like, okay. he just, he, Christopher Nolan's really, really okay. Really good, yeah. No, I like Christopher him. Nolan or Tarantino. Honestly, I I don't think I've seen one Tarantino movie so, in full. I'm sorry to you haven't seen once. Once upon a time. Nope, I have to get on. These. Oh, what a phenomenal! I movie. haven't seen Tarantino. I don't think I'm gonna like him though. Django. Never seen it in full. I mean, he has like Inglorious Bastards. Never seen it in full. I I've never seen any of them in full. I know. Bad, you going a little on. binge there because he's a great filmmaker. Of course. Um, anything else to touch on this week? I gotta get going. No. Okay, just say that right on the podcast. That's fine. No, it's fine. I'm okay. Thank you for having me on. I just want to say thank you for having me on, as even with my show. I appreciate This was fun. I don't know. Uh, and we might have to try this again if people like it and people have I think this is going to blow up. Well, I mean, you want to come on, obviously. No, I'm kidding. But uh, maybe other people would come on if, obviously, they're up for it and whatnot. So I just want to say, you know, thanks for listening. You thank thank so, you, yeah. thank you, James, for giving me this opportunity. I had a lot of fun. Um, uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly was a phenomenal movie. Recommend it, and uh, I had a really fun time doing this podcast with you. Hope uh, you'll let me back on soon. And uh, thank you for everybody for listening. Yep, for sure. Have a good day. Goodbye. All right.